welcome the 831 podcast episode 53 um another one in the bag for you so uh it's been we're turning this over i've got lots booked in so i'll keep knocking these out for you as always sponsors get this out of the way nice and quick trojan fitness trojan nutrition forever sponsors of the podcast as we know uh Nuvuk paragliders hook me up with an awesome x1 this season and i'll be flying Nuvuk paragliders from now on which i'm over the moon about i've been on them for years and i am really pleased to be on a Nuvuk paraglider um ej hair clinic uh emma hooked me up with uh, micropigmentation she asked for somebody who she could work on who had a bit of a following could promote her um i was able to do that but not i need to she's gone on to do amazing things and continues to do so but to go over and give her a look um ej hair clinic on all social medias uh ridgeway family fitness the home of olympians mma without uh steve ridgeway and ridgeway fitness we would not have olympians mma so thank you to to him and we're you know i'm open for more and more sponsors of the podcast uh financially not financially well we can always figure something out it doesn't have to be a financial agreement but it's nice to have to be able to help people give people a shout out and also to have them support us you know it just it just helps put the time and effort in so yeah if you want to sponsor us get in touch basically and if you have any ideas of guests people you know um you know it could be a biologist a doctor a sociologist a politician or anyone you think could be really cool for me to talk to put me in touch i'll speak to anybody and i'd love to so yeah but other than that today's guest is chris thompson uh chris i've known chris back from the mma scene into the grappling scene for many years he's been uh in the scene for for ages you know and he now actually is the promoter owner organizer of grapple fest one of the biggest and best grappling promotions on the planet uh and he's just come off some big surgeries and stuff as well being a grappler and being able to talk about those things has been awesome and uh, we spoke, I like the way that he conducts himself in within the sport, but also as a person. So I thought it'd be really good to talk to him. And of course he was. So I really enjoyed this one and I'm sure you will too. So yeah, this one is, you know, we obviously it's very grappling MMA and like uh, recovery, the human body and that, that sort of thing. You know, it's a really interesting one, but yeah, I hope you enjoy it. I'm sure you will. But other than that, I'll be back. I've got another one booked in this week, maybe one the weekend as well. So, yeah, we're nice and busy. I sound a bit, obviously, I, I got a bit of a cold, so I sound a little bit, like, bunged up. I am a bit bunged up. So as long as that doesn't get any worse, I'll be back this week with another one for you. In the meantime, though, this is episode 53, Chris Thompson. Should be in Chris. Thank you very much for joining me. Yes, yeah, coming up now. Is recording. Yeah. Hi, mate. You okay? All good. Good. Thank you, mate. Yeah. You don't look like you're. Uh, you don't look like you're in the north of England, there, mate. <laughs> no, slightly warmer here in the south of Spain, so can't can't complain. <laughs> <laughs> How's things, mate? What's uh, what's been going on? Yeah, been uh, absolutely up the wall. We've got um, two grapple fest shows. One this coming Sunday up in Mauritius in Africa. First one we're doing abroad. Uh, so I fly there on Thursday, land Friday morning, got most of the stuff set up, 
with the, with one of the guys who's helping us over there. So hopefully everything will be will be spot on. I'm sure I'll run into some problems, but I've got tw- I've got got 24 48 hours to sort them out. So we'll uh, hopefully get that one up and done. And then I fly back on Monday, land back in Spain on Tuesday, and then I fly to Liverpool on Thursday, and we do Grapple Fest 13 on Saturday. So yeah, it's a pretty busy 10 days, mate. <laughs> Keeping yourself busy, mate. I mean, Grapple Fest is our is massive now, right? It's like for for a while it's been it's been big anyway. Um, but I mean, it's pretty massive now. You're you're going to Mauritius as well. I mean, it's pretty big now. Yeah, we've decided to sort of, you know, um, done pretty well in Europe. Like I said, I think we're in, um, we're coming up for, I think it's four and a half years now, coming up for five years at sort of the end of the year, um, the start of next year, sorry. Um, you know, we've done well in Europe. We're doing four, four, five shows a year, and we decided let's uh, let's push let's push the boat out, let's go for it. So we've got a couple of contacts who we're going to be working with. We're going to go to Africa and uh, the Middle East next year. Hopefully, we're looking at, um, say, we've got this one in Mauritius, which sort of came off. I've uh, got that one going. And then we're looking at Zimbabwe, hopefully, and Dubai yeah, this in the first quarter of next year, as well as Liverpool as well. Going to keep the four shows in Liverpool going. And then it's going to be three in Africa and three in the Middle East, we think. So, like 10 shows a year. So, it's going to be a full-time job, basically, now. Wow, man. How did that, uh, how did it come about? I mean, obviously we're going to talk about like your, your history, where you came from and stuff, but how did you like make the decision? Like, oh, I'm going to invest my time and the effort into putting a show on. Uh, originally it was just sort of me and Darren, you know, my coach, we, we were sort of, um, there's loads of shows about and loads of tournaments and stuff. And everyone was still just doing the IBJF rules and, you know, and just normal tournaments that everyone was doing and, we were like, it's not really what we do because our grappling was always for MMA and, you know, and I did loads of IBJF comps and, and tournaments and things like that and did, you know, these few of these called super fights and, you know, you know, whatever they're called. All sorts of different real sets, isn't there? And I was just sort of like, well, it's not really what we do. I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, the, the, the goal should be submission, shouldn't it? Yeah. Wherever you go, you know, there was there was so much stalling going on in those comps and things. And we don't roll like that in the gym. We just roll for submission and we never, you know, never had anything like that. And we just said, let's let's sort of go for it. Unified rule set. We'll make the sort of rule set that we want, you know, put it out there and just see how it goes. And I mean, the first shows it took a little while for people to get used to rules and especially when we started getting some bigger names in. I had a few, I was talking about this to someone the other day and I said, we had a few of the big name Brazilians sort of on the thing going, how could somebody get mounted for, you know, four minutes of the match and then end up losing because, you know, but I'm like, but they didn't do any submission attempts or they didn't try anything, didn't do anything. So, but now everybody knows the rules, you know, this have the same guy, quite a famous Brazilian guy was actually, who put that comment, has actually been in my inbox since asking for matches. So it's, just, uh, it's gone full circle. <laughs> well, um, so the rule set, how does it uh, fare up to just normal submission grappling, ADCC rules or what sort of rule set are you going, like EPI, like what sort of rule set are you going with? So, we sort of did our own. Um, basically, it's... The rules, I mean, obviously we want you to finish the fights by submission, um, but if it doesn't, we have three judges, three black belt judges, very good, you know, the, you know, they, they know the score. And our first criteria is like genuine submission attempt, like i.e. a fully locked in triangle that has to be defended. The other guy has to stop what he's doing defended. So not just throwing your legs up over his head, it's like fully locked in, fully no, and, you know, somebody manages to get out of it. Armbar, things like that, you know, a leg lock. It's got to be fully locked in. They've got to be applying the submission, not just in the position to you know to apply it. 
Um, they've got to be going for it. And the person has to stop what they're doing, stop their attacking and defend it. That would be classed as a genuine submission attempt. Yeah. If that's equal or there isn't any in the whole match, it'll go on second criteria, which would be positional dominance, a passing the guard, mount, taking the back, you know, things like that. So sort of there's no points at all, but the referees will look at that and go, well, he, he passed the guard three times, but he did no submission attempt. The other guy got one submission attempt, but no guard, but the guy who's done the one submission attempt will win. He'll trump that. If everything was equal, it had come down to the guy who passed the guard say more times, you know. So it's a uh, now everybody knows it now. So it's 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 you know when we do the rules means it's not even hard to explain. But yeah, back in the, back in the day when we first started four and a half sort of years ago, we had to you know spend a bit more time explaining it to people. And I mean, well, Jim rolling. You're basically, you're rewarding Jim rolling, right? That's exactly it. That's exactly what it is, mate. And like I said at the start, it's what we train for in the gym because we were an MMA gym. Same 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 as you, really. You roll to finish and you roll. It doesn't matter if you're in, you pass my guard or you've done this and I've had to turtle and I've had to do whatever. At the end of the day, if I sub you in that 10 minute roll, I've won. (laughs) Yeah, mate, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, like, there's IBJ, it's got its own system, it's been around for years, and, but I've never really conformed to it because lots of my gra- I, I mean, I consider myself a submission grappler, right? Not not a jiu-jitsu player. So yeah, I, that's exactly I the same as all. Yeah, like you know, you go to jiu-jitsu classes and stuff, and you, of course, jiu-jitsu is a huge part of my game. But I'm a submission grappler. Like um, catch wrestling is a massive part. Wrestling is a massive part. All of it. Now, for IBJJF rules, for me, like I always felt like. You can you can have your dominance taken away from you in matches. Like you can you can be the dominant guy, you can be the aggressive guy. You're pushing it, and the guy gets a cheeky little sweep, gets rewarded, but he's just sat on his back for like the whole whole of the fight and just waited because you passed. And then once he's got you in a position and locks you down in like a, a half guard or something, like that, and it can be very tough, especially if you're doing a gi match. I mean, we don't do gi matches, but a gi match, somebody gets grips on you, and I don't care. They're pretty good. It's very difficult to get anything going. So the way I sort of say in, in, in the rules, when you say, listen, it takes two to tango. It takes two of you to go for it. If one person's not doing anything and he stalls it out, and I've said this to people and, and I've actually done it to people, that if you pass somebody's guard and you get a side control position, but you do nothing for the rest of the match and it's that boring, it's a load of shit, you won't come back because nobody wants to see it. Well, you might win that match. You might win that match, but you won't come back on Grapple Fest. You know yeah. what I mean? Mate, it's entertainment. <laughs> People forget, like, uh, it, like it, it's fighting. It's a sport, but it's entertainment. Like, it's... You know, like, it's okay coming here to try and win, but you got to entertain people because we're putting 100%. on a show. A hundred percent, mate. It's got, you know, and it's another thing that I say. I say, listen, make it exciting. I say it at the end and sort of laugh, you know, and say, they come on, Grapple Fest, a party, let's go out there. And I do actually say to people as well, if you put on a belter show, but you get caught, you know, because you're both going for it and you get caught in a submission, eight minutes into the match, you know, there's only a couple of minutes, nine minutes into the match. 30, we've had it happen to a guy who's 30 seconds and he was probably going to win and he got caught. But he came back because he put on a brilliant show and it was, you know, nine and a half minutes of him just going for it and going for it. And I was like, yeah, you're coming back. The crowd will love that, mate. And we've had people who've eked out a 10-minute decision, done nothing. I'm just like, I'm, I'm not going to bring you back because you know, it was just, you can see, I can I can tell to do the commentary that the crowd's getting bored, you know, and you can see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it, it's refreshing to have that that mindset within grappling because for, for the longest period of time, 
and I've been guilty myself. Like grappling was boring. Like that's you would hear it. Like oh, I can't. People love grappling, but they wouldn't watch it. Nobody would watch yeah. it. Like, I can't Great watch it. Great to do. Tough to be a spectator sport, wasn't it? You know. But I think, like you say, things of the ADCC rising, like the EBI, things like that. They start to change it, and you know, especially the. I'm not a fan of the term no gi, but it's a popular term. I, you know, try and use submission grappling myself. Um, because, you know, let's face it, the gi's only been around 100, 200 years, whatever it is, isn't it? Submission grappling's been going on forever, hasn't it? You know, probably the earlier, wrestling's one of the earliest sports known to man, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I think um, it's it's grappling's mixed martial arts, the way that I look at it. I think, like, I'm a mixed martial artist. I've obviously, you know, I've had 25 professional MMA fights. I've been fighting MMA since 2002. I'm an MMA fighter for all intents and purposes. So I think of my grappling, like I think my MMA, so... I can't be a jiu-jitsu player unless I'm entering a jiu-jitsu tournament, which would, which would be yeah. IBJJF or similar. It's because I'm known, it, yeah. Yeah, I'm known for having a, a good wrestling and a good top game. That's sort of what I'm known for. But then if you put me on my back, I've been doing jiu-jitsu long enough that my jiu-jitsu comes into play. Or I train with Eric and my catch wrestling is really good. So you, like, you get all these little bits and I consider my ground fighting to be... Mix it's like a mixed martial arts. Of hybrid, you should be a hybrid grappler. Take the best bits from all those, from all the sports, you know, from judo, from catch wrestling, from BJJ, you know, from submission. Put them all together, and that's the that's the game these days that people are playing, isn't it? Um, you know, and that's what we're looking for. Looking, I mean, there's the judo throws in there that if you do them in submission grappling, you're going to get your back taken because you throw them that far, they roll through, don't they, and show the back. Now we we sort of develop those throws where we it's three quarters of that throw, but then we land on top and we land in side control, and that's what we're looking for, isn't it? Or the best bits of it. Well, I mean, like people have really started to utilise the uchimata in um, in uh, nogi recently, like, yeah. because if you don't get it, it works perfectly to step through, go for an ankle pick or a knee tap or something. It really so people have really started to utilise it. I'll get the throw and I'll scramble or. I'll get something else off of it. And to have those things, those elements coming in just shows the diversity. That's exactly it. Yeah. And people are starting to learn that you can do this off an overhook and underhook isn't king. Overhooks yeah. are just as good, like wrestlers have been using forever. And people are starting to go, oh yeah, we understand it. And and we've seen it in Grapple Fest. We've seen the development. We started off, there was this, you know, people were still sort of playing an IBGGF sort of game when we had the very first sort of shows. Then it all went leg lock crazy, sort of, you know, 2018. So everyone just went leg lock mad, didn't they? We watched the, I think, the ADCC 2017. And so we had about three or four shows where everyone was just doing heel hooks and stuff like that. Now it's sort of coming around where, you know, people are getting the bat. And now armbar seems to be come back into vogue now, doesn't it? You know, you've seen that in the ADCC over the weekend. Armbar seems to be getting hit. And again, you know, my coach Darren, he was a big judo background. So it is one of his, you know, armbars have been one of our specialities sort of for a long time in our club. So everything's sort of coming full circle, and people are, people are now getting this complete game, and I, and I I really really am impressed by the guys. People come through at blue belt level now, and what they know compared to what I knew, sort of you know 15, 16, 18 years ago when I was blue belt, whatever, is just crazy. You know what I mean? It's what they knew because we only knew the basics, didn't we? You know, you know it yourself, you view yeah, there. Yeah same time it was real basic shit but you got good at it and you got really tough and you know people say my defense is really good my arm bars things are really i've never been a bit of a triangle guy it's never been my my sort of thing i'm short and stocky doesn't suit me but you know passing guard arm bars you know kimuras called double wrist locks all this sort of stuff got really really good at them and i can still do them now on top on good level people um but the wealth of knowledge that the other guys have got 
know, sweeps and submissions and different guards they use and things like that. It's crazy stuff that I just never even learned, you know. I mean, the amount of guys who, you know, blue belt and purple belt level who they, they sit and they go straight to reverse De La Hiva and they're going straight to X or they're inverting. And you're, I'm thinking, and it's partially because I'm sure you'll admit as well, partially because of my ignorance. So I was like, no, you get on fucking, you get on fucking top and you smash and you get past, you get like a, a head and arm or you get, a, a, do you, I mean, you get something dominant and then you see these guys, they're coming in and before they've even got a really well-established Kimura, they can invert and they can yeah. sit to X guard, you know? I've got it. We've got 21-year-old purple belts in the gym who are giving me hell now, you know what I mean? You're like, oh, God. You know, just simply because you can't, like you just said, you can't get that dominant position on them before they've made a move. Or if you do, your defence has to become really good. I mean, look, when you're experienced, you can sort of, you've sort of seen every position, haven't you? But, you know, I'm the same. It's, uh, you know, I like to smash past, get past them, you know, attack, attack the body and, and then, you know, and attack the legs as well from, from those sort of positions. It's, you know, it's just been well-rounded, but... They've got some of these crazy guards, and like you said, uh, I think my inverting days are over anyway. Just recently, <laughs> recently had some more back surgery, so I'm like, I think that's done now. So <laughs> I'm just gonna like stay and lie on people, I think, for the rest of my days. <laughs> Mate, you, um, like one of my big motivations for uh, speaking to you, obviously, like because the history and stuff, you know, in Grapple Fest, but you're a bit further on the evolutionary chain than I am, but the injury side of things, like, I mean, I'm, I'm bashed up, like, I've got a scoliosis of the spine, permanent brachial nerve impingement on the left arm, and, you know, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty bashed up, my neck's really bad, and, uh, but I see the surgeries you have, and I see you say it all the time to people about how you wish you'd listened to your body more, I wish you'd warmed up and cooled down, and, and as I say to all my students, especially the MMA guys, I tell them all about, Stop getting punched in the face so much. You don't need to be sparring as hard. You're not taking enough time working on stuff that's going to help your body. No, have a break, dude. But then I fucking ignore it myself. Like, I'm nearly 40 years old, and I ignore it. Yeah, I'm 48, mate. And, you know, it was just, we used to be sparring three times a week. And it was out of them, any of the fights we had. We just yeah. absolutely leveraged each other. People were getting drops, knocked out, you know. I've I've come home with concussion a few times and it's I'm laughing about it, but it's not really what you want, is it? And, and like you say, I'm great ignorance. at giving advice. Great yeah, we, at giving people advice. Yeah. Terrible at taking it. <laughs> well, the thing is, mate, we we never had us like so. We say this all the time, like Paul Reed and I speak a lot, and we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, Paul Reed, and, and um, Ronnie Mann, we're like we we built our own MMA. There was no MMA coaches. We had people. So we'd be regularly sparring. Someone would get dropped in the gym and, you know, they'd sit out around and they'd come back in or something. And it was because we didn't have a clue. Now that we do, and we're trying to pass it on and you try and tell people like, listen, don't, don't follow our example. Like learn from us, you know, like, it's it's good fun at the same time, isn't it? <laughs> it, it like there's isn't you go away feeling a bit tough. I mean, I uh, in like 2007, I think it was or eight, I went to America with James Thompson. He was training for his fight with Giant Silver, but at yeah. the same time, um, Jeff Monson was training. Yeah, so Jeff Monson was training with for Peter Pano at the same time. So, uh, yeah, I went over with them because I had a fight coming up. So. Jeff Monson's a strange character, right? So he'd ring us at like <laughs> like one in the morning. He'd ring us, but oh, I want to train. So we'd go like to Dan Lambert's house. It'd be me, James, Dan Lambert, and uh, Jeff Monson. So I'd be these guys. They're massive. And then even then, those those were although the roles were hard. It was easier than coming back and sparring with people in my own gym 
because there was no ego trying to prove a point. There was no, oh, I've got wobbled, but I'm going to carry on. It was just big guys. It was horrible. I mean, it was really fucking horrible rolling, but it was, um, do you know I mean, there was no like ego was out of it. And I see your posts and I think the message you're, you're putting out there, you know, about fucking take your time. Like, don't, don't push through injuries, you know? Try, I'm trying to sort of educate people. I try and say it's, you know, when I'm coaching the gym and I'll say, listen, you know, do, you know, do, do as I say, not as I do. So I think it's like, you know, I, I've, I've, I've just I've, I've had five surgeries in the last two years, but none of these are new injuries. Well, one of the only one of those is a new injury, but two, two knee surgeries um, and two back surgeries. And these are from things that I've been carrying for the two knee injuries were four or five years old. The back one I've had for way over a decade. I just yeah. kept going and going and trying to manage it and get through it and stopping for a couple of weeks here and there, then starting again. In the end, it just ended up, you know. What, was, uh, what went in your back? Uh, three three herniated discs, me L4, L5, and my S1, which I said has been going on for a long time. Been, manage- been managing it. I was always having physio. I was always having to have a bit of a rest here and there. Or I just train through it sometimes, ridiculous things like I said, just when it was bad, train through it. I remember doing, before I did the ADCC, I was actually in the warm bed. I hadn't trained for three weeks because of my back, it was terrible. Um, my back was in total mess. And in the end, I just went in there and adrenaline got me through and ended up winning gold. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, you, you, you animal and all that. And then I got home at night and I was lying on the couch and couldn't even move. You know, so I was just like, it's ridiculous, really. But it was just like, yeah, but I've got a picture on the podium with a, with a, with a five quid medal around my neck. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, that's the thing though you you know you're a bit wobbly going there you get warm and you're like oh no I, actually i am the machine i believe i am and then yeah. that when you start to cool down feel, again it hits you i didn't feel it I didn't feel it when i was going and that was i was i was as bad as it was virtually for a surgery you know and i didn't even feel it the time then two hours later i can't i cooled down couldn't get out of the car couldn't get off the couch <laughs> he's just like jesus christ so yeah so in the end it just completely and utterly went i was literally just demoing a turnover in a in a class and i just sort of felt it go and i was like oh shit and i sort of stood up and i went it was right near the end of the class and sort of like went right everyone's a spa now and then sat down and i was thinking and that was it within about an hour i couldn't even move so in about luckily i've got private health insurance for about that i've had the private health insurance for about 10 years or something and never used it never i was just paid in kept it going luckily enough in the last couple of years i've had more than my money back i think <laughs> I mean, the thing is, mate, is people people listen to Joe Rogan and stuff, and so you get straight away, you go, oh, have you thought about stem cells? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I've thought about them, but I ain't got to spare 20 grand. Like, what? Yeah, just, like, just a nip to Panama or, or, or Mexico and just be a bang a few stem yeah, cells. Like, I would love it. I'd love it in my neck. I'd love it in my back. I'd love it in my shoulders. I'd love it in my hands. But, you know, it's it's uh, like you just said, I haven't got to spare 20 grand knocking around just to just to fly over there and bang a, bang a few injections in. Yeah, for, for one go. Like, dude, I had 20 grand. Like, I, I get it. I'm sure it's absolutely amazing and it's the best you can go for but i ain't got that money i can't in the meantime i've just got got to try a bit of ice and maybe some physio i've done the i've done the prp which is that's not too bad i got it was like three sessions i think about 500 euros something like that. i did that did that in my knees and so that was pretty good you can get that done in in the uk i think it's plasma replacement yes then, yeah, PRP. Same sort of thing. You take your blood out, spin it, and the centrifuge. Yeah, dude, I've done that many, so that, that's not bad. That's pretty, yeah. pretty good, pretty decent stuff. Yeah, yeah. I've got a guy who does it over in the UK as well, but he's up in the northwest, uh, Alex. So, um, yeah, it's, worth, it's definitely yeah. worth a trip up though for someone like myself. Like my my neck's my real issue, but um, I've got my, 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 my knees are bad, but my neck's like 
definitely around worth 2010, looking at. Around 2010. That's, oh, no, a little bit later, probably about 2011, 2012. My neck was terrible for about a year trying to get through it. And that's when I went doing some gi in about 2013 because I just couldn't handle the snap downs and wrestling and stuff anymore. My neck was just gone. So I went doing some gi for about three or four years. And plus, I did want to compete in the gi and get me belts and stuff. So I went doing that for about three or four years. And, uh, and my neck sort of just cleared up simply because. BJJ guys are looking for your collar around the to choke and yeah, wrestling exactly. with with, with collar tying and snapping all the time and, and it did clear up on its own so I've not had any neck problems since so it's uh might be one for you let's put the pajamas <laughs> up for a bit <laughs> Mate, I, so I did like uh I I um the they're not a big part of my game I'm not from a judo I'm a judo guy originally so you would think but and it's not because I don't like it. I I love gi. Like in 2003, I went to Brazil um, tr- and stayed in Rio for like three and a half months and just trained at Gracie. Like, like I was under Carlos Escohega at the time. So I went there, I trained. So I was pajamas on every day. And I really enjoyed a gi. But my issue is I work, I teach, I was, fight- I was fighting as well. But now my fighting's like I'm retired now, I, I probably. So, but I work, I teach. Um, where do I slot an extra session in? And if I'm going to put an extra session in, do I want it to be in the gear or do I want to go and work a bit more on my leg locks or my crab ride to back take or whatever it might be? So you end up, I end up lost because I'm like, I really want to be doing more gi. But, but yeah, I mean, I can, I can hold my own against black belts in a gi, but I would like to do more gi, but give me more, give me, give me an extra hour in the day. Exactly. I mean, I stick mine on these days, God, probably three or four times a year. I'm just going to do an open match. You know, what I mean? I'm the same. I'll teach four or five days a week. And well, I've not been for the last few weeks, but hopefully I'll be back in October, sort of, you know, October, November teaching again. And I just train once a day, five days a week. So I'll teach a class at 10 o'clock in the morning and that's it. And then I'm like, listen, I'm 48. I'm tired. I, if I do, I can do two seconds, but then the next day I'm walking around like I've shit myself. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, exactly, exactly the same. So occasionally I'll just turn up and do an open, throw it on, do an open mat, do a few rounds. It takes me a couple of rounds to remember my grips and remember where I am and stuff like that. But it's like, I think if you are a black belt, you do need to know the gear. And like I said, I went and did some gi comms, won a few gi comms, did some stuff like that, did it, you know, wear my belts. But then at the end of the day, it comes down to time management for me. Really. I mean, I take the piss in about the gear and I have a laugh and a joke, really. But I'm only joking. I do like it. And it's great to roll in everything. I think gear comps are a bit boring to watch unless you yeah, really know what you're doing. Unless you know what you're doing. It's only, it's only people who actually train gear who can actually really enjoy watching a, a, a gear match. I think it's very difficult. Apart from the submission part of it, the rest of it can be really... And if it's a 10-minute match, it's just on, you know, like you said before, one on an advantage or a sweep. It can be pretty boring unless you know what you're doing. But it's um I just like to I, I enjoy training the gear every now and again, but I'm the same. It's time management. And for me, I'll I do if I'm gonna train once a day, I'll train what I like, and that's submission grappling. So I'll do that. Yeah. And I mean the, like I spread myself thin anyway, mate. Like I've got the eagle, so I'm out flying the eagle in the winter. Oh, yeah, like paraglide, do everything. Like I do, like you got to have time outside of what. What do you do away from? Do you do anything away from grappling? Got any other hobbies or anything with extra time? In? Are you full on with the grapple fest? Not really. No, since grapple fest, that's sort of it. Really, it's just any other free time I get, I'll spend it. You know, with son or my wife or you know, sort of whatever. It's uh, after, and like you say, it's. I'll train in the mornings, ten. Then I'll eat something. Then I'll be on on the on the laptop or on the phone doing grapple fest and stuff like that. Well, you know, it's four or five o'clock, and then it's like, well, you know, what do you do now? Luckily, over here, the weather's pretty good, and you can go out and you can lay and you can 
have something to eat and there's loads of restaurants. It's nice, you know, to, to be able to do that now. But, you know, when you're in the UK and it's freezing cold and you're thinking, looking outside, it's raining, it's cold. I'm thinking, all I'm going to do is put the heating on and you end up watching yeah. films, don't you, or Netflix and stuff like that, yeah. yeah. If we were in... You know, you'd go gym, acai, maybe down to the beach, back to the gym. Like, it's a different yeah. lifestyle, isn't it? That, that that's basically what we try I try to do. Yeah, like I said, when I came over, I sold my gym up, sold my, my security sort of company that I was doing, sold those, and thought, yeah, this week, you know, be able to do okay off Grapple Fest. I'll teach once a day, five day, bit of pocket money that'll pay shopping bills and stuff like that. And then uh, over in, and six months later, the world exploded and COVID turned up, and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> so Grapple, obviously, grappling was one of the major things to go because it's one of the things where. You know, we're stuck right in each other's faces, sweating all, sweating all over each other. So when we, we did manage to pull one Grapple Fest show off, uh, we did one under the all the restrictions of COVID rules, but I didn't like it. We was, we did it in the gym. It was quiet. Everyone had to be wearing, you know, the masks and apart from the competitors. We had to do it under all these strict guidelines and these strict rules and there was no crowd. There's no nothing. The fights were brilliant. You know, the fights were really good and everyone was well up for them and stuff like that. And, you know, they, they're all, you know, they look good when they're on flow grappling, but, you know, we used to graph fest like a big party. We always say it's like it's like the it's like the darts, not you know, not the snooker. We have a party, everyone's having a beer, it's rowdy, it's noisy, people are hanging over the banners, it's you know, and I love that. I love I love the fact we've created that atmosphere. And we did this show in like a stone cold silence and you know, well, you could I mean, hear and it was just I just didn't like it at all. Yeah, I mean that's what I that's what I really like about Grapple Fest is uh I really like your mentality like and like you know i ain't got no fucking reason to blow smoke out your ass if i didn't mean it like i like your mentality and that like this is a fucking show come on let's fucking and you're open about that and you're like look come here to perform and like i really like that i just think that it don't matter how big a name you are it doesn't matter just come here and perform if you're a massive name and you come here to be lazy to get a, to win on grapple fest and you don't well you're not you're not going to come back i'm not going to ask you about it i ain't got to worry about coming back i really like yeah. that and I think the big names have actually sometimes I've had a couple of them say to me, goes, it was like when you said all that stuff in the rules I me, mean, it took the pressure off a little bit. They were like, Yeah, let's just let's just have a match, let's just go for it. And you know, you know, and I said, just put an excited match and you're coming back and and then, you know, the, the bigger names, not just the guys with you know, purple belts and brown belts and things like that, you know, in the black belts. It's like, listen, anyone, I'm talking about anyone put a show on and you're coming back and the crowd love it and they, and they appreciate it and the, the guys who do come sorry it's got a walk flying at me <laughs> <laughs> the guys the guys who do come out you know the bigger names they've appreciated it and a couple of them have said to me you know when you actually said that it was like yeah yeah this is you know a bit of pressure off me to perform I don't have to be super tight and I think they sort of get it I've also seen a couple of big names as well sort of like all a little bit white and shit themselves a little bit when they've seen the crowd hanging you know the crowd's noisy and it's right on top of you and they're used to doing the IBGF comms where it's 12 mats and no one's really watching you, are they? They're just concentrating on their own mats. And it's in Liverpool, team. right? Yeah, it's right in the town centre, mate, in a big nightclub. So... Back in the town centre. It was crazy, honestly. It's, yeah. it's people going crazy. When the Americans come, they're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> they just can't get their heads around it. <laughs> Liverpool, Liverpool's a, a, a fan town, right? So, like, the football, your football club, both of them, they're really committed, really... They're, they're, they're a town that gets... A city that gets behind everything that they do. So, to have in the centre of Liverpool, rowdy people in a club, everything's on top of you. I bet these guys are... A bit shocked <laughs> like yeah honestly I remember we did one we did one show and um I just got the dates a little bit mixed up and it ends up on Champions League 
final day. And it was when Liverpool played Tottenham as well. So we had to start the show early, you know, so before the game, because I think the game kicked off at like, I think because you do it a little bit later, don't you, than the Champions League. Things about eight or nine o'clock. Well, normally we finish about that sort of time. So we had to start it a little bit earlier, get it going. And the town sentiment, you've never seen anything like it. It was like, it was just, uh, luckily enough, we booked the hotel months before, you know, you know the dates and stuff. And they didn't know they were getting in the comp then, but it was just madness and people. Things when the Rue was, it might be the first time we had the Rue Tulo twins over. And they were just like, is it like this all the time? And I was all like, oh, yeah, it's, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, man, people people love it. They love it. They love, the, they love going out afterwards. They love the party. And like I said, we get a motel sort of bang in the town centre and the clubs in the town centre. You can walk there and it's all pedestrianised. You know what I mean? So it's a uh, yeah, it's real, real good party atmosphere and the crowd is well up for it. You know, we start at like four o'clock and it goes on to about nine. It's like four, four, four hours, four to four, five hour show. So by the end, people have had a few drinks and it gets rowdy and noisy. <laughs> and you've just seen fighting. Like it's just, it's yeah. everything. Get the blood going a bit. It's just, Brilliant. What I like as well about the grappling scene is unlike the MMA scene, you go to an MMA match, everyone in the crowd thinks they could get in there and have a go. Like, the amount of people who say to me, oh, if this was around in my day, I'd have had a go at this. And I'm like, well, <laughs> boxing's been around for hundreds of years, you never had a go at that. So, you wouldn't have, you know? But grappling, when you when you go to a grappling tour, guys can appreciate it, but they're like, yeah, I'd, I'd be tied up in knots. They really understand that, actually, yeah. this is, like, really a bit more than just punching each other, you know? And it's good as well because we are starting to get um, people coming who who don't train. There's people coming. At first of all, it was like wives and boyfriends and stuff like that, you know, who come. But now we're actually we're actually getting mates of the, of the guys who come who don't train, and they're turning up and and you know and they're sort of watching it and they're enjoying it because they're saying it's such a good night out anyway. And yeah. they're getting into it. And, and I love that we get comments on the page and stuff saying, "Oh, don't train," but it's you know that was brilliant. And we get messages and stuff, and I'm like, "Well, that's pretty cool. That that's the start of." trying to make it a bit more mainstream isn't it you know it's because uh, people watch boxing like you just said most people who watch boxing never you know even hit a bag have they let alone yeah, done exactly. any boxing training but everyone understands a knockout punch don't they people can watch judo in the olympics and appreciate if that guy gets thrown on his back he's lost it's pretty yeah. easy to understand submission grappling is a bit harder but I think with the USC and stuff and Conor McGregor and things like that, people are starting to understand rear naked chokes, arm bars, things like that, you know, what they are and what you know, how they're applying. They don't quite understand how they get to the position they reply, but they're understanding the finishes. So it's slowly, slowly becoming more and more mainstream. So we can be a little bit of a part of that then. I'm, uh, I'm pretty chuffed with that if we can do yeah, that. Yeah, it's about appealing to those casuals as well. Like you can have like... Um, never like grow that. if you don't. You'll yeah. never grow if you don't. Yeah, the thing is, you get like you can have that bit with like um, that snobbery that, that jujitsu's had like a, a bit over the years, where you know, like it's sort of um, held off a little bit, you know. Or you can be like, right, well, we we got a pill, we got to be appealing. And I think this is why the Rotolo brothers are like. I mean, if you watch the other day, I mean, obviously everyone goes mad when Kade did like amazingly. But did you see Ty in the um, in the absolute? Absolutely. When, yeah. when he lost and everyone's booing, like everyone's booing and it didn't even should've come back. Should have got that decision. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought he should have had that decision, but even if it wasn't, it's like, even if how close it was, everyone's booing because they just love him. They love the fact that those two are so out there and so... They yeah. just go for it. They are literally the epitome of grapple fest when we've had them on. It's just they were literally non-stop just going for the submission. There is no stalling, no me- I mean, how they keep the pace up is beyond me. It's just ridiculous. But being 19, it's supposed to be. Yeah, I reckon. 
you know, I, I, I didn't start till I was God. What I think I was thirty when I started. You know what I mean? So I, I've never, I've never done it when you know when the uh, when I was that young. But you know, but people love them because of the way they are, because they're constantly trying to win the match, submission hunting. You know, and that, that's the sort of people you want. I think the young guys coming through now, hopefully they'll start emulating that. I think, uh, you know, and, and they'll start start bringing that style forward. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. I mean, because you get when we got. Um... Nicky Rod versus Gordon. Uh, I, I, a bit of me was like, and there's nothing against Nicky, but I'm just like, ugh, just gonna hold your arms out and be standoffish. And I want to see someone. I want to see someone just say, look, he's gonna beat me, so fuck it, I'm going at him. Let's just try and. Yeah, know? he didn't want to engage, and he was trying to run away from that leg lock, which allowed Gordon to switch it to the outside heel look. And then once he yeah. was done. Even Nicky knew, because we've obviously they've trained that well together, that once Gordon had all that heel, he just tapped straight away, because I think yeah. he thought. I'm not going to let Gordon shred my knee. <laughs> no, yeah, which I, and I, like some people might condemn that. I, res, I respect that. I just think like, you know, you've trained with the guy, plus you know who he is. You're like, he's got this. Like, there's no, you know, what am I fighting it for? But just like, be a bit more exciting in the initial. Do you know what I mean? Just like. I think, I think, I think that was his undoing because he didn't even try. He was trying to be defensive and run away and get away. That He actually ended up in a worse position by doing that rather than if he just, like you said, gone for it and had a go at him. You know, who knows? He could have got something, couldn't he? Could have, you know, something out of it. Maybe just one little thing, you know. And his wrestling's so good. Like yeah. you just get out one. You just slip. If he slips on the takedown and he just passes to side control, it might just land in the perfect spot. Like a Kamora could pop up. You might slip to north south choke. Just something, 100%. you know. One hundred percent. And if Gordon has got one tiny weakness, it is his stand up wrestling. It's 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 okay, but it's just okay, isn't it? You know, and, and don't get me wrong, you probably pick me up and drop me on my head, but at that level, you know that I'm not going against Gordon. He's going against other elite athletes, isn't and, it? And we're allowed to criticize, right? Because we're, yeah. we're spectators, so you're allowed to yeah. you're allowed to criticize, definitely. So if he's got one slight weakness, I think it is his stand up wrestling. So Nicky's strength is his stand up wrestling. So you know, I think Gordon pulled anyway, then he sort of sat down pretty quickly anyway, because I don't think Gordon wanted to get dumped by him. But <laughs> I mean you gotta love you gotta love Gordon for what you gotta love Gordon for what Gordon does, and you gotta love that, you know, he's so confident and laid back that he's like, Okay, I'll just take my time, I'll drag it out of you, I'll find the way. And I, I love that. I love that confidence. I love the way that he rolls is so like if if I roll with like you know when you roll with the over enthusiastic blue belt and you're just like part of you's like I'll let you have a minute of going wild, and then that's how he seems to roll with elite level black belts, and I really respect that. But at the same time, like you're just like something new. Someone try something new on him. Someone just go at him, you know. I think I've just thought of it then when you were saying. I think he actually gave Nicky his leg, didn't he? I think he just stood there and yeah. gave him his leg and let him single leg. Oh, him, he didn't. did. Yes, he did do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, put him down. Then just went. All right, we'll start from here. I'm not bothered. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just that, like you say, is pure confidence, isn't it? That's just like, I don't care where we are, what position we're in. It doesn't matter to me. Top, bottom, wherever, I'm going to win. And yeah, he's yeah. so far ahead of everyone else. It's 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 like crazy. It's a perfect crazy. example of, um. so like N- Nicky Rod is a wrestler who's now learned a bit of some submissions. And then you get like uh, other guys who are like elite level jujitsu players. And then you get like, I guess you could say Galvao is a bit that, but then you got then you got Gordon, who's a submission grappler, and that's the difference. It's like 
well, wherever, where, wherever, we'll go wherever you want to go. We'll go if you want. If you want me to be in Turtle, well, I'll, well, I'm pretty sure he'd have said to Felipe, "Look, we'll start. I'll put your ten grand in. I'll start in Turtle because he's confident." He said, that, he said that to a few people, and he said to me, "I'll yeah. let you start in Mount with my hands yeah. above my head," <laughs> and so yeah. you know, and said, "You can have that position." And I think that's got to be the goal you aspire to. It's got to be sort of you know that you are comfortable everywhere. Um, I mean, like going back to what we said a while back, I was the same as you. I didn't really have much of a guard till about 2003. I would just get on top, stay on top, pass, get inside, or stuff like that. And then about things about 2013, when I said to start doing a bit of gear and stuff, I thought, I'm going to have to stay. I wasn't bad at half guard. I was okay at that one. So you use that quite a bit in MMA, top and bottom. Um, but then the actual clothes guard and butterfly guard weren't, they were all right, but they weren't great. So for nearly 12 months, I forced myself to just go get on your back you know, in roles and stuff like that. Starting, I used to just say to people, who well, kind of starting close guard and just, yeah. just work. And just, I think I did 12 to 18 months just doing that. And then, you know, from now on, from then on, I'm pretty much now, you know, comfortable with 90% of people wherever we are. You know, obviously when you roll against some of these guys who get over for grapple press, they're just like unbelievable level, levels like ridiculous, you know, they just kill you. Um, but it's like, you know, most people I can play half, butterfly, full guard, close guard, you know, you know, whatever. So it's, um, it's, uh, you know, it, I think changing your game, like you said, going back to start, getting this hybrid style where you're comfortable everywhere. That's got to be your goal these days. You've got to be good at everything. You've got to have some wrestling. You've got to have some guard play. You've got to have, you know, a top game. You've got to have a passing game. You've got to have a leg lock game. You've got to have an armbar game. You've got to have a game on the back. You've got to be able to do everything, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, like, I think it comes from the gym. Like, like just don't worry about how many times you get subbed. Don't worry how many times you sub someone roll with a purpose like the same as like what you were saying there i i remember when i was in america i rolled with marcelo years and years ago and he and he used butterfly no one had ever done butterfly guard on me not like you to know i couldn't do anything and then so i was like well i'll stand and pass well you couldn't pass the butterfly so i was like what so then all i did for like about the same about a year or so just just did butterfly guard so i just got quite a decent butterfly guard but because of that you end up in half guard or guard a lot as well because people yep. were passionate because yep, yep. you're not very good. So then um, I became okay off my back. Now I say to my students or people I'm teaching, um, I'm like, look, it's not about, you're not trying, a submission here is not a win because you're doing a five minute round whether you sub the guy or not. If we've just done a whole session on half guard sweeps and you don't go in the half guard at all tonight, you've wasted coming here. Like start in half guard if you need to. Just like yep. start with having have a purpose to while you're rolling. Go in there and say, Oh, we've been working half guards. I'm gonna go half guard or I'm going to try and pull half whatever it may be, but ha- roll with a purpose because this is when you become more diverse and well rounded, not just like, Oh well, I know I've got a good triangle and I know I've got a good arm bar for mount, so I'll just get to those two positions. Going to your A game all the time. Yeah. I, I I pulled lads at my lads in the gym and I'm teaching them and just saying, Why are you why are you in that position? You do that all the time. I know you're good at that position. Get in half guard, like you just said. We've just been working on that for the last month. Get in there, start in there, let's see you do something from there. Get out of that position, get out of that closed guard that you like, doing that triangle that you like. I know you're good at that. Do something else. And I've seen them look shocked and you know, and I'm like, Come on, change your game, change your or but I've actually barred some people and said, You're not allowed to do you're not doing arm bars. <laughs> So you do, and you're great at them, but let's get good at something else, you know what I mean? And then afterwards, three months later, they've thanked me. You know, at the time, they thought, I better think you bastard, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, <laughs> me 
I used to hate situational sparring. Like I used to hate it, but now, even now, still at Peds, like we'll go to Peds, and still now, black belts will still be, you know, right. We're going to start from here, and it doesn't matter what white belt, black whoever is there. But you'll start yeah. situational sparring, and I love it. It doesn't like I used to hate it, but as soon as you start coaching, you realise. And it's like shrimping. I used to hate shrimping, like man, um, hip escaping up the mat. I used to detest it. Now I realise how important having hip escapes are when you're in side control or having a good like flexible hip movement i'm like all those times i detested it detested it and now i'm like <laughs> you see beginners and they've got no hip movement you're like ah, i get it yeah it was all it was all about who was the fastest down the mat though wasn't it you could do you could <laughs> <the> mat the fastest <laughs> i just want to get to the forward rolls mate i was all about forward rolls and i used to be dizzy at the end of him when i got up <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um so you are you you had like an MMA career, a bit of an MMA career as well. But where no, no, how did you nothing get to nothing special? I was I was just doing like I said I was thirty odd when I so I mean I did some wrestling stuff when I was a kid, played yeah. rugby and things like that. But um, when I sort of got it, it was what two thousand five when I got into it. Um, it still wasn't that big around then, was it? Yeah. Really, um, wasn't a lot of people around, so it was um, you know I just wanted to sort of follow on a thought. Did a bit of that, and I thought, oh, I'll have a, I might as well have a few scraps, had a few amateur ones. Uh, I think it was the first. I got stopped pretty quickly, you know, things like that. And then, oh, no, one, I think I won the first one pretty quickly, like 27 seconds or something like that. Done, I'd done boxing and things, you know, it was quite good. Yeah. And then I think the next one just got tied up completely and mauled by someone in the grappling because it was just... Te- Looking back now, there's no way you'd have let me fight, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it was absolutely awful at the time when we first started. And then I look back now and think, imagine if I was fighting now and I was I could do I could grapple and strike as much as I could now and had started back then. Because all yeah. it was back then, you got to mount and you could do an armbar, you won, didn't you? It was you won, yeah, definitely. Easy. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty low level stuff. I, I think I had I think I had about eighteen fights, I think it was altogether, a mix of like pro and amateur. I think it was like nine nine pro, nine amateur, but it was there. Uh, Nothing, nothing to set the world on fire, but I fought some decent guys. I fought Stapes, fought Stapes. David, uh, fought Carson, Lenoir. You know, I didn't fight any bums really. You know what I mean? So I fought some. I think they used to throw me in because I thought, well, he's tough and he'll have a scrap. And I wasn't asked about a record and I wasn't trying to make a career out of it. You know what I mean? It was more, you know, let's get another scrap sort of thing, wasn't it? So, I yeah. Mean, that, but was it was, the, uh, that was the era. I mean, so obviously I caught it right at the beginning where it was like, even before that, but even right now, 2005, it was popular enough that people, some people were actually training for it. Like, you know, I was full-time by then. So it was popular enough that some people, but it was also low-level enough that people like yourself, you just thought, that looks like, yeah, that looks like yeah. a bit of me. You could still do yeah. all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that, and then that's what it was back then, wasn't there? I mean, God, I remember some of the amateur fights to come on and it was like, there's people in it and you think, yeah, he hasn't even, has he actually even trained this guy? Didn't he? <laughs> yeah. See him in the back. Well, I mean, at least I could strike pretty well. And because um, it's weird now because everyone knows me as a grappler, but I could just strike him was way better back then, you know. And, and it was, I was just trying to stay and keep on the feet and knock people out. Um, but you used to see people warming up on pads and I'd be looking at him going, he's, he's never even thrown a punch before this guy. <laughs> I swear, swear to God, I've seen it before. I've seen somebody holding pads for their self to warm up. Like one hand, they've got a pad on one hand and they're punching it and moving around and moving the pad and punching. And like, I'm, I'm really might have been fighting or I'm one of us was fighting. And like, we're watching like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, you see, like you're still getting out these independent guys. I see these independent guys, no coaches. And I think, I look at them and I think, you'd have probably beat me in 2002. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen him in the crowd back then as well, having a pint before it and stuff. And you're yeah. like, 
Yeah, Paul Jenkins would like walk to the front, chuck his oh. towel to someone, and just get someone to corner him. <laughs> Those were the days. Brilliant, Paul Jenkins, though, wasn't he? Well, <laughs> what made? But so, what made you pursue combat sports? Maybe growing up and stuff. Like as a kid, like I always know, like I had every Jean Claude Van Damme video. Always up for a fight. Like if we play, if the school played rugby and there was going to be a tussle, I was, I like, I, I went because there was a tussle. I had no interest in rugby. I was like, oh, there'll be a tussle here. If somebody said, oh, that's the artist kitty from that school, I'd be like, oh, OP starts then. I mean, I, just, I was just a bit wanted. I'd never go out looking for trouble and I was never a bully, but I was all, I'd, as soon as there was a fight, I was never someone who'd be like, oh, I don't know about that. I was always like there, you know? I think that's that was pretty much our era, wasn't it? Back then, grew up Rambo, all that sort of stuff, you know, all those things. We all did a bit of boxing. I said I played rugby. We played in our school and stuff, and I played played pretty decent level. Played my county and played for the sort of the area and stuff like that. Um, so I was into that, and then we used to go to football as well. And there was back back then, there was always a few kickoffs back then, wasn't there? <laughs> It was all that sort of thing, and then and then um, I said I was about thirty, and I was I wasn't really doing. It. I was playing five a side a couple of times a week, going to the gym, lifting weights. Um, I was actually living in Spain then for, for a little bit at the time, and then I, I was looking in this back room, and the, the, they were like rolling around on the floor, and I'd watched the UFC and stuff, you know, a few times. I think with like Freeman was in it back then, and yeah, I don't think the Ultimate Fighter had started back then. I think that sort of really got me into that, like two thousand six, wasn't it? I think yeah. yeah. So it's before that, and I was looking at them going, that's that, that's that stuff they do, that wrestling, you know, that's the the stuff they do in the UFC. So I just stuck my head in and said, oh, what time do you train? They were like, I think it was like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, whatever. And I went, oh, I'll come in next week, and went in next week and just got obliterated. And I was like, I was, I think it was sink or swim back then, wasn't it? And I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah man, I love that. That was that was awesome. And then there was loads then, wasn't it? Who just got battered and never came back, did they? And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it I was- always say to people, it's. Uh, it's literally in the gym. The only submission I can ever remember is the first one I got. And I've never remembered one since. So. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a full-on juice bomb squeezing somebody's head off guillotine, just pure <laughs> trying to rip his head off. <laughs> and yeah. there's another guy with a white belt, made him tap. And then that's literally about the only the only one in the gym I can ever remember. <laughs> <laughs> Gritting your teeth as hard as you're squeezing the guillotine off. Oh, yeah, I, I was just squeezing. It was probably the worst technique ever, but I was just pulling his head off and <laughs> managed to get it. And I think I've been training about four weeks by then or something like that, four or five weeks. It was the first time I <laughs> another white belt. He'd probably come about the same time as me. And it's literally, I can't remember the guy's name or anything. I just remember getting this guillotine and, and then I've never <laughs> another sub in the gym ever since then. You just get them and you just carry on, don't you know? And you don't. Like, think- yeah, like, that's what I say to, to my students all the time. I'm like, look, what, you're going to be shit for ages. And then what's going to happen is one thing's going to click. And once that one thing clicks, maybe it's a guillotine or maybe it's passing the guard. Once one thing clicks and you think, like, oh, I've got the, it'll open three things. Once those three things are opened, all of those will open three more. And before yeah. you know it, because you've got one thing right, you've just opened the jigsaw puzzle and then you'll be okay for about a year or so. You'll start progressing and then bam, you're going to hit that block wall again and you'll need one thing. Just look for that one thing. Just keep working. And that's it. Just find the one thing. 100%. And I think you have a, a few of them moments, don't you, over the years when you, you know you, things start opening up for you. And Well, I think what you're saying there, the moment you start being able to chain things together, is one of those sort of light bulb moments and like, oh shit, man, so I can go from here, I can go to there, I can go to it, and then I go back yeah. to that. And I think once you sort of get that, and that's normally after 
a couple of years, isn't it, when you can start doing it properly? Or you start seeing it, but you can't quite do it yet, and then yeah, yeah. you've got to take another six months to start putting it together. And I think you get a few of those moments over the years. You know, I don't think they stop, do they? You know, I still get the oh, odd one now. Yeah. I, bet, I bet you do the same thing. Sometimes I'll be rolling these days, and I'll literally think of something that I haven't done for about five years in the middle of the roll, and I'll go, oh, shit, remember that? And I'll just do it without even thinking. I'm thinking I haven't done that for like four or five years. You know what I mean? It's, and it's just hitting a move, and then I'll 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 do it for about four weeks and just keep hitting it and hitting it anywhere else. And then I'll forget about it and you know go and start doing other yeah, shit again. Do, you know, do that all the time. And I remember back a few, few years. I I thought I invented moves. Like I would just I do something. I was like I've never. <laughs> I would like, I've never seen anyone do that before. Never. I'm gonna. But and you can't YouTube it because you don't know what it's called. This is like years ago. Obviously, you couldn't look it up. And I was like, I've just invented. I know I've invented that. I've never seen that anywhere. But I think that's just that's rolling. You roll enough. Once you get a little bit better, things open up, and they're obvious stuff. But because, like, I mean, I like, I never see that before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is how. Which is how we are where we are now as a sport, right? It's what. Yeah, hundred percent. And like I said, the, the the way things are progressing, and you know, there's, there's always been these guards around, and that you go back to sort of what's it, uh, the Kozen Judo, isn't it? And they were playing De La Hiva, weren't they? You know, this sort of stuff. You know, years and years and years ago, they were playing it. Nothing new under the sun, they say. But it's been developed, hasn't it? It's just got better and better and better, and the guys are coming up with more and more things coming off that. It's not basic anymore, and some of the stuff you saw in the ADCC, you know, uh, but a lot of the stuff. So I think. I looked on the start. I think the heel up was still the most uh, the most subs of filled from in from heel up. Then it was rear naked choke, and then I think it was armbar this time. So you know it's still still stuff that, but it's the setups, isn't it? It's not the finishes. That's, it's the setups. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean I think uh, the 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 heel hook's so devastatingly final. Like it can you know if you get it, boom. Lots of people will panic tap or you know like, but so it is such a devastatingly final submission it's great to go for but of course it's risky and like but lots of people now you see them sit down start looking for those leg entries and you're going for like sitting there sitting there but you don't see a lot of the eddie bravo stuff the 10th planet stuff like i mean there was talks of like rubber guard and things like that yeah. so it's died off a little bit hasn't it in the 10th planet guys they went heavy on the legs didn't they and they yeah. seem to be looking for like the bolos for the back don't they they seem to have gone down that sort of uh, style but I mean you look at some of those guys and now they've got guys like PJ Barch and Keith yeah. Cohen people like, I mean, they've got real good wrestling backgrounds you know PJ's wrestling is excellent isn't it yeah. you know what I mean so we're starting to get a few of those guys it's not all about the guard now, even the 10th planet's They've still got their system, I think, you know, from what I know, but a lot of them now, they've got a great, you know, and the guys we've had on Grapple Fest, su- supreme all-round game. Uh, they've got a guy called Jack Tyler we've had on quite a few times, yeah. and he's fantastic. He's like, really, really good. I think he can, I think he's had a couple of injury problems sort of uh, start this year, but he's sort of getting through them now. I think I think uh, next year he could be a big push. He's He's looks really tasty. Yeah, there's a... Uh... I, I, I when I was at LA, I, I messaged Eddie. I was like, "Oh, look, I'm, I'm here. I'm gonna, I want to come train." But he's like, "Okay, t- tonight warm ups are Mary Jane to this." To that. And I was like, "What the? What the fuck?" I was like, "I'm just gonna have to turn up." I even YouTubed it, and I was like, "I'm just gonna have to fucking turn up." And then like I went in, I seen him, and I was like, "Look." I'm an MMA guy. I'm a submission grappler. He's like, yeah, dude. He said, I send that out. Anybody who's coming, I let them know what the deal is. He said, but just get warm, jump in with people. And you roll with people and you realize that once you get like a bit more traditional game, the the 10th planet stuff works and it's really good. But a lot of them will get drawn out of it and back into the traditional stuff because 
it's stood the test of time, right? It's, so yeah, it's, so I mean, I spent a week training with Eddie, so I know exactly <laughs> exactly what you're talking about. And he's far out as well. Some of his classes as well. Anyway, he starts talking, and then he just goes off in a blast for an hour, oh, doesn't he? And you're like, yeah. I was standing there looking, looking at me missus a couple of times, going, "Is this happening? Is, <laughs> are we still stood here 40 minutes later?" And he's talking about cold. Hey, cold, and we haven't even sparred yet. <laughs> no, I was. Yeah, we'd warmed up and got going cold, like you said. Uh, but yeah, and then and once we got going, once we got rolling stuff, once you couldn't start negate rubber guard, which you know and, and things, and just keeping your hands off the mat, basically, isn't it? With rubber guard, just keep your hands off the mat and keep it on, you know, keep it on them. You can sort of basic negate. principles, like it is basic principles of um of jujitsu or or grappling, really. I mean, but I was shocked when so when Ferguson fought uh, Oliveira, I was shocked that he couldn't get out of the mount. I was like. But he didn't even go for that basic step over mount escape, step over the foot, clear the knee. Like, and I was watching, and I'm like, it's so. And it made me think of a lot of Tenth Planet guys. Like, you know, like you're so good and you're so loose with your darces and your triangles. But the basic there, I mean, it's not okay. Charles Oliveira is elbowing you in the face. I get it, but so, can negate a lot of it, can it? When you, when you know. Can. If you're getting punched or if you hip escape too much, you're getting your back taken and getting choked, aren't you? Uh, yeah. Getting, but, there's nothing worse than getting put belly down and getting punched in MMA. That's like <laughs> the worst in the world. <laughs> there, is, there is that. But I do think in a, in a lot of high-level pro MMA at the moment, mount escapes are like, like, seems to be like a forgotten art in a lot of them. I watch it a lot and I'm like, man, these guys are like really stuck there holding people down and stuff, you know? Well... I mean, I don't know whether it's it's me, but I, I sort of think that you know the old thing. Oh, I do UFC instead of yeah. like we all laugh and joke and say no, we do MMA. But I think UFC has got its own style. If you look at it, compared to a lot more of MMA, it definitely is. They all sort of say it, and I've had the conversation with Mark Goddard and sort of had a joke with him and that, and I'm like, they definitely stand them up fast. The groundwork and cage work there's nowhere near as much of it than you see in other organizations well, as much as there was a few years ago in the ufc as well the us the ufc they used to be quite a bit didn't about the last five years a lot of it has just become kickboxing fights in four rounds gloves and they're circling around they're doing this and I, i've joked with mark and i've said mate when they're doing that we just please lay them down you're always standing them up just lay them down with <laughs> <will> you <laughs> they're doing my head in <laughs> <laughs> Action. If there's no, no action for a minute, it's be right. You're starting with your back on the yeah. fence, and then we'll spit you. Lay him down, and, like, and he just tells me to shut up. And you know, <laughs> but I'm like, but it's it's got its own style, and I also think the pressure they're under as well to win in the UFC. They don't take the risks that they do in other organisations as well. So when people say this, oh, I do UFC, I am sort of like, I actually think there is something in that. You know, if you're a high level guy, because I, I think UFC and what you see in other MMA organisations. I think the style's slightly different. I mean, I think people might not agree with me, but I definitely don't think they let the ground game or the cage. You know, the, you know, we we did loads of cage work at ASW. It's like the you know, guys that was one of Darren's specialities: stuff against the cage, putting people against the cage, tying them up, putting them down, putting them on the floor. It's it's just, it's an art, isn't it? It's an art form. Yeah. You know that yourself, yeah. yeah. And um, if they're on the cage for anyone in the minute, it's pretty much just split up straight away, isn't it? It's just back to striking in the middle. And yeah, well, you know, I, mean, I I have a designated cage like cage grappling night like uh, so tuesday night is my wall work night because yeah, wall, wall looks massive like even even being able to hold someone on the wall and punch them without them getting off the wall like you have to teach people that it's not one of those things that you can just learn or what happens is people end up holding people on the wall 
and nothing happens and you get separated. Yeah. And then you do need standing up. But I mean, yeah. getting up itself is an art form, isn't yeah. it? Getting up, getting up off the off the bottom when you're squashed against, you know, again the corner. And let's face it, the cage hurts, doesn't it? If you're getting your face squashed <laughs> in the cage, they're not nice, are they? I don't think people realise it's like hard wire and it's sticking in your face. And someone's giving you a little chopping shots in the side of your face. It's horrible, isn't it? Yeah. You want and it, even, even on your elbows, when you're getting taken down and your elbows oh, great against it. I hate it now. Sometimes I say, you know, the mat's fun. Say, oh, do you want to go and grapple in the cage? And I'm like, no, I'm all right, mate. I'll stay on the mat. <laughs> <laughs> we got a padded wall that. for a reason. <laughs> yeah, I've done enough for that, mate. I'm I'm quite happy on this nice coffee mat here. <laughs> so what um what are you doing co- competing wise yourself now, mate? Do you think you're done with all the injuries and stuff? I, I really don't know. I really don't know. I had plans, you know, I was sort of doing okay and then I've had all these surgeries and then there was there was coming up and then they've got these the European ADCCs, which are starting to do the masters in now and stuff. That's coming up in yeah. November, but I think I'm going to struggle this year. Yeah, my me, doctor's me, me, me give me the uh, okay to go back in about what's well, three weeks now, uh, but it's going to have to be light anyway just to get going. So, I mean, my back. You, you know how your body feels, don't you? You know, you've got yeah, you like. I feel strong in the gym. I'm lifting now. I'm doing it for now. I feel good. And like I said, the, the hernias and the disc thing's been sorted. What I've been left with is some pretty nasty nerve damage from when it crushed the the nerves. And I've had some like horrendous sciatica in me, like me in me in me glute and me hamstring and into my calf and wakes me up in the night throbbing still. And like I say, my back's fixed. When I'm in the gym and I'm warm, I feel great. But then, you know, a couple of hours later, I'll I'll start getting this this nerve damage. And I, I like I said, I want to try and get on the mats and get back coaching. That's my first goal. Just get back on the mats, get enjoying myself again, see how we feel. And then you have the masters divisions now. You know, I'm sort of you know, so I can have a play around at those, but. It's going to be next year. I'll I'll take a look and see how I feel. But you know, I'd like to compete again because I do love competing. It's great, and I still I still get that buzz from it. But it's whether in reality now, whether it happens, it doesn't. But if I'm just going to coach the rest of my days and enjoy five, six, seven rounds a day on the mats for the lads, then I'm quite happy to do that. You know, I, yeah. I enjoy it. I love it. You know, there's no better form of exercise than me, really. And I, I've got that from being in the gym and lifting weights and stuff. You know, I'm doing four, five, six days. You know, a week. And trying to split, have one day off in between, then go back and stuff. And I'm like, geez, how do people coming in and do this every day? Oh, yeah. I normally lift twice a week, and I enjoy it. My two lifting sessions a week, I'm like, that's great because I'll do four or five grappling sessions in between. Yeah. Doing it every day, I'm like, oh shit, man, I'm getting bored here. <laughs> I mean, I got, I, like obviously with with my MMA career, probably yeah, I'm thirty, I'm thirty nine, and uh, my MMA career, like I say, probably over. Just because if I got offered, if I got offered a fight in Japan or Australia, I'm going. Um, just because I cornered it Pride, but I never got exactly. to fight in yeah. Japan. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. like, I, I, cornering in Pride was a massive experience. I want to, I'd love to go fight there. And Australia, so cool. yeah, amazing, amazing. So I just. And so I think, like, you know, if I got offered the right thing, but grappling-wise now, like, I don't, don't get me wrong, mate, I, I haven't really got a lot of interest to go to a local leisure centre where it's somebody's it's somebody's World Cup and they're going there to pull your leg off for a roll. But, like, you know, a 10-minute sub-only on Grapple Fest, 100%, I'll train like a professional MMA fighter and I'll, I'll come and I'll roll, you know? So that's what I'm looking at now. We can arrange that, then. We can arrange that. That's no worries. Yeah, there we go. We'll get that. That's, like, that's... That's me because I'm yes, still. If I'm going to do something now, it'll be like the Euros, no gi, the World, no gi, the ADCC Euros. I'm not going to do a low. I did, I did, the last one I did was a local comp over here, the Andalusia thing. 
that was yeah. literally when we just had lockdown and I was like, oh, get me out of there, let me have a comp. I had two matches against a couple of guys as well and things, you know, one and both. It was great, but it was it, it was sort of that feel, but I literally did it because I hadn't competed in, in ages and then I ended up having knee surgery after that, so it was, you know, slowed me down. But if I, if I do compete again, same as you, it's going to be something big, something decent, you know what I mean? Something, because you know, you're, I mean... If, if, if get there. Exactly like me, I guess, and this is why Reedy went on fighting for as long as he did. Like it's just you're still you're still the athlete in your head. You're still the like I love going to the gym and I love doing cardio so hard that it makes water come up to the back of my mouth and my teeth sting. You know, like I love that, but there's got to be a reason for me to do it. And I love training. Like I've got a, a title fight coming up, and like grap when I grapple, like. It's not for me to say. You sound like a prick when you talk about yourself grappling. But like when I grapple, I grapple intensely. I love to roll and roll. Like you know, I like full on. I want to not not to hurt each other, but I like it to be intense and roll with a pure yeah. passion. You know? Yeah, 100%. yeah. The, 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 I always say, and listen, there's two times for flow roll, and that's when you're injured or you're warming up. Yeah. The rest of it, you're either drilling or you're rolling, mate. It's as simple as that. You shouldn't yeah. be. And I tell people off in the gym. I go, why you know you're rolling like that? And I get like, if you're injured, fine. I get it. Come in. That's what I'm going to do. The first few times I go back, I'm just going to pick a few lighter people. Lucky, my missus is pretty good, so I can train with her. You know what I mean? She's pretty light, yeah. and I can I can have a you know have a mess and see how I feel, see what positions I can. I don't know what I can and can't do yet. Whether, you know, I might come back and go, oh, nothing hurts. It's great. Or I might come back and go, oh shit, I can't do that anymore. Yeah, I have to do. So I'm gonna have to take, so when you're injured, fine. And when you're warming up the first you want to do one, two rounds, you know, so it's an open mat and you haven't drilled before, you haven't got anything going. But the rest of the time you should be rolling. And you know, you see these oh, don't roll to win all the time. Now, there's a difference between rolling to win and being a dickhead. There's a massive difference between between that, isn't there? And there's also the difference between putting yourself, if you're more the more experienced guy, putting yourself in a bad spot, letting the blue belt take you back, letting him have that, exactly. and then you working out yeah. of that and getting out of it. But I'm gonna work out of it. Under, and see I like to sort of I always say to when I do that I let the blue belt sort of take me back but I don't just say I'll start my back I'll let him pass me guard turtle and let him take me back because then they think they've genuinely taken my back properly and then they will try and rip your head off because you think I'm going to finish this fucker here now I'm going to do it and then I'm like this has got to be a proper escape now but I'll be yeah. back they start me back they always start nice don't they and they're like oh I'm going to be nice and He's let me have his back. I won't be nice. So I sort of give it them with, without them yes. sort of knowing. And then they will just try and rip your head off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they will. I, like the other week, the other last week, I was rolling with a guy in my uh, bike purple belt level, I guess. Quite a big guy, though. He's probably had like five five to seven kilos on me. And um, he got like a, like a cross face on me with his shoulder from, from side control. And he's put it on quite strong. So I've come underneath it and stuff like that. And... Uh, I swept him anyway, he came to it. I got to the cross face, put it on him a little bit, let it off, subbed him or whatever. At the end, he goes, oh, you didn't mind me putting the cross. I was like, look, I'll be honest with you. You put it on as much as you want with me, but if you go with a white belt or something, like, just be careful. I said, if you go with any other black belts here, like, you just, it's one of those horrible things that you never need to do when you're rolling. Like, you can put it on me, I don't mind. I'm Like, that's fine. But just be careful with things like, yeah, I didn't think of it like that. Yeah, yeah, same. But like some people would have smashed him for that. Do you know what I mean? They're just like... Well, I think you, as the more experienced guy, should. I, mean, I start laughing when my lads do it to me. Yeah. When they only do horrible stuff to me that I've shown them, I start laughing. And then, you know what I mean? So I'm just like, I'm like, well done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The point of being a coach is like when they start doing my shit to me, and, and you know, and, and it's and it's you know, like doing stuff like that, and a horrible cross face, or they've you know, got my power Nelson, half Nelson, or they're turning me over, or something like that. I start laughing, I'm going, Well done, lad, brilliant. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, 
Or when if someone's if you're going for a rear naked, my guy yesterday, someone's fighting for a rear naked. I'm like, face bar him. If you're not gonna get he's like, oh, I don't want to do that. I'm like, right, so what are you gonna do? Stay there for 15 minutes now, just holding on under his neck and not get a choke. Because like I've taught him how to defend a choke. You can't get it. I was like, bring your arm out. You've got to lift the chin up somehow. Do you know what I mean? Like, somehow, yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't break so, his teeth or anything, Jim, but make it uncomfortable. Your gym sounds the same as ours. <laughs> yeah, I, I keep meaning, like, when I'm out your way, I'll um, I'll come up for when you're back. I'll come up and I'll have a, a, a day up there because I'm up around that sort of, I've got a lot of friends in Liverpool and when I'm up flying the Eagle, I go to Lincolnshire and up that way. So it's nothing for, so when I'm up that way, I'll, I'll pop in maybe. A pleasure to come up and yeah, have a... At the moment, the, the, AW, the lads are all there because because uh, the, we're sharing in the four corners, Jim now and Cabon yeah. are in there as well now. So it's shared with them. So there's like loads of high level guys on the mat, you know, there's, you know, yeah. real, real, real good wrestlers, real good, you'd really enjoy it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll definitely come up, mate. So, what um, with your injuries, mate? When, like, uh, you said, is there anything that you're doing or anything you recommend that you uh that you think has helped you? Like anything you for people who are like maybe like a bit older like us, or maybe people who are just having surgeries. Anything you've done, like some physio or some yoga, anything you think's benefited you? Taken anything? I think hundred percent. Get, when you're getting older, I think the weight training, you've really got to keep that up, keep, you keep yourself strong, keep yourself fit, you've got to get in there. Listen to your body more than I did. I think you're probably the same. When you're the coach, though, sometimes you have to turn up to the sessions, don't you? Yeah. I'd have took, probably took more time off if I wasn't the coach, you know, but I'd just sort of gone, well, I'm, I'm my knee's wrecked here. I need to take two weeks off. But when it's your gym and you're the coach, you have to show up, don't you? So maybe that's never... And then I get warm and I'd be like, oh, sod it, I'll just roll, you know, and... That's stupid, you know, a stupid idea. You need to learn to hold yourself back. Um, you know, listen to your body. Like I said, I'm great at giving advice, terrible, terrible at doing it, but <laughs> great at giving advice. But really listen to the body because there's times when there's no way on earth I should have even gotten a mat, let alone trained, let alone competed or anything and did do. And people are like, oh, yeah, you know, you got through it and look at you, you did it. And I'm like, yeah, well, look at me now, you know. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, so mad. even demonstrating a double leg. Like, right, just, just leaning in and putting your head against them. One of my neck's really bad, and I'm getting shooting pains through my neck, and I still demonstrate, like, stuff. I'm like, this still really fucking hurts. Like, just demonstrating stuff really hurts, you know? That was the final straw on my back. I did a, I did a turnover from Turtle, and that was the final straw. As I rolled through and I went through, I just felt it go pop. And I was like, yeah. oh, shit, that's, like, 100%. That was just, just ripped through, and I felt it go. And I was, we were drilling, you know. I was teaching a moving class. And like I said, luckily, it was, like, sort of near the end, um, and, and I did it. I wasn't even wasn't even grappling. I wasn't rolling. I wasn't doing anything. I mean, it's come from years of that. But that's, you know, that's how it happened, just, just drilling. Like, so, like you say, it's uh, so, so listening to your body, big, big thing. Um, and also what I did as well, especially with my knees and stuff, when they went, I just carried on training and I was just like, yeah, yeah, just keep going, keep going. When I did my first one, I think I did about two years with it, you know, with a torn sort of MTL and meniscus. When my right one went, I got it sorted within four weeks because I thought, because my left one was so bad, they had to take the whole thing out and I just destroyed it. With my right one now, I got it done within four weeks when I ripped that. Yeah. And it, it, it's like it's like it's normal. It's like it's just a normal thing. My left one, I feel in the mornings, it's like it's bad arthritis in it and stuff, and I can yeah. feel it's bone on bone because I, did, I left it. So if you get an injury, go and get it looked at straight away and don't listen to internet doctors, don't do anything like that. The only yeah. way you're going to get something checked is an x-ray or an MRI. That's it. You know what uh, I mean? Yeah, so, and like people are like all this, oh, I, I take glucosamine, chondroitin, in MSM, and I take cod liver oil, and I take... It's like, yeah, you should do take all those things, but they're having such a minimal effect on you. Like, uh, look after your body. 
You should get most of that from your food anyway, shouldn't you? You should be getting, if you're not getting enough vitamins and stuff from your food, then you need to have a look at your diet first and foremost, don't you? <laughs> Mate, are you saying my kebab twice a week is not doing <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. So, mate, Grapple Fest, for, Grapple Fest 13, is that the one that's in Mauritius or in Liverpool? No, we just called that Grapple Fest Africa, the Mauritius what? one. So, that so, was over there. What, Grapple Fest 13? Grapple Fest 13 got, one in Liverpool, that's October the 1st. You've uh, got some good guys on Mike Grundy and people that are on there. What's uh, yeah, up? What, what's your what's your excited fight? What are you excited about? I think you've just got to look at the main event, Couch v Owen O'Flanagan. You know, yeah. it, it, it just it's going to be amazing. Couch, very unlucky to miss out on the the ADCC himself. Went and did the open. Fair play to him. On you know the one day before, won won his yeah. division five, five subs, five fights, five subs. And the guy who did win the trials, uh, J-Rod, Nicky Rod's brother, then he fought him not so long ago, didn't he? And absolutely smashed him, you know what yeah. I mean? So him and Owen, Owen did fantastic, got fourth Went place. Without, yeah. his, without his foot uh, being bad, he might have got a medal, you know? like Mate, just... he should have medaled anyway. Wagner, well, I don't know if it's common knowledge, but it was on crutches 20 minutes later. He absolutely shredded his knee with that heel hook. Oh, absolutely. yeah? But Wagner just just rode it because it just for a medal and just rode it out. Now he's driving. He's on one of those. He, he, those videos of him on one of those. Uh, what they call those mobility scooters going through. Taking one of them through the casino. I see him come straight off and sit. He came straight off and sat by the table, which I thought was weird because everyone was like walking out, seeing the crowd. Wagner came off and sat. Absolutely yeah. shredded it, nice. And the Owen said it felt it rip, felt it pop. Had a chat with him. Owen said his foot's not too bad. It's a bit swollen, but it's just like a bit of bit of swollen. It was like a a corkscrew toe old, wasn't it? That um, Padini got him. So it's not it's not, it's not too bad. It's just a bit of pain. So he said he'll be okay. Um, but I think him and Couch can be a barn burner. You know, you've got to look at that. Unfortunately, Kendall Rudin, we've lost her. Uh, yeah, I, so, yeah. she's one of my um. She like I'm, I really really enjoyed the women. Obviously, Fionn's superb, and everyone loves to watch Fionn, but. Kendall from from when she was on Grapple Fest, and then from the stuff she does, she's always active on social media, so you can stay up to date. Because she really pushes stuff, she's good on it. Yeah, yeah. Loads, I lose a lot of uh, athletes like Grapple because they don't post enough, and so when like Kendall's oh, no. really updating, so you stay up to date with what she's doing. Saying this to them, I say it's another thing I say to them is a build. You know, get your clips up, build yourself a little highlight reel. You want to make a career, you want to have a gym, you want to do this. You've got to make it like MMA these days. You you know you've got to you know got to get yourself out there. People still look at this whole George St Pierre was this humble guy and I'm like that. And I said, listen, the, the days of that are sort of over, really. You know, you you need to. Uh, he was only humble. Out. But he was humble with multi millions pounds worth of promotion behind him, promoting him. Like <laughs> exactly, it's all right when you're that guy, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, be humble when your face is on banners in the new on the Vegas Strip. I'll be humble then, but until then, exactly. promote yourself. Then. Until then, yes, to get yourself because he did, you know, he used to. So it's uh, yeah, get yourself out there. But yeah, going back to Kendall, she's great. But I'm working, literally working, trying to work on getting another opponent in from Magdalena. Um, I think I might sort of something. I can't say yet because it's not, it's not yeah. signed. So I can't give you an exclusive, unfortunately. But it's uh, <laughs> I'm working on it behind the scenes. So as soon as I do, I'll get that released. Um, and then God, just it's packed. The whole card's packed. There's just match after match after match. Well, what you're good at as well is you have a lot of uh you you regularly have like blue belts and stuff on, don't you? Low low level guys. Start them off, which I'm pretty proud of. You know, we you know we go and you know we uh, we do the contender series with the blue belts. We have them on. A couple of guys who uh, they're now black belts now. We're under me. Uh, yeah. They have their own ASW Liverpool after I left, um, and I sort of sold up. They they set their own place up. Took a lot of my my ex students on, um, and so they run the contender series for me, Kevin John. And 
will basically get 16 or 8 of a certain weight category. They'll fight it out. So we'll have two, three fights on the day and then we'll do the final on Grapple Fest. So that's pretty good. So we'll give them a chance and the whole kind of, you know, the things that we've got people like Matty Holmes, you know, who are fighting on it. He started off on the on the prelims card, you know, when we first ever started, he was a purple belt and stuff like that. Now he's fighting international guys from America and Canada and stuff like that on, on the main card. And that was always the plan to build people up. And I say this to Blue Belt, say, listen, you know, hopefully in five, six years, that'll be you on the main card. You could be fighting some of these guys from America. So get your head down, build yourself a profile, win some matches, be exciting, and we'll build you up. So we've got a, we've got no dis, no discrimination, even though the white belts, even though they're blue belts, you know what I mean? Give them a bit of stick for being blue belts. But I mean, some of them these days, I can't say much. I've never been able to, I've never said anything. I, I used to always give blue belts loads of shit with them. When I got Caden Tay over when they were 16 years old and wrecked me, and I was like, well, I'm going to have to shut up on that one now as well, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, there's no shame in that though, right? There's no, I mean, they were renowned for wrecking everywhere they went. So, no, I'm like, I'm like 90 key, they were like 70 key. Then I'm thinking, oh, I've got 20 kilos on them, they're still kids. I'll be able to squash them a bit, I'll be able to stop them next. They're spinning around me and then on my back. And I was like, oh, fuck's sake, <laughs> that's it now. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, helicopter arm bars and stuff aren't your game, are they, mate? To be fair. Like... Oh, Oh, so it's hilarious. Oh, you want to see him spar together, though. And you think, I thought we went in the gym, I think it was on a Friday. Um, so we just want to get sweat on going. And them two will just say, We'll just stick together, we'll you know, just get warm, and sound. And I look round to enemy slaying, they're killing each other, <laughs> absolutely yeah. beating the shit out of each other. And I, but they know each other so well, you know what I mean? They just don't get injured. So yeah, that's yeah. all I'll to it. And they did about 45 minutes straight, just rolling with each other's styles like you two are crazy. <laughs> but that's where they are, where they are now. The three years later, we were in ADCCs, all submissions. Ty's smashing it in the in the in the absolutes, as you say. You know, I think we both thought he should have uh, got the Merigelli match, got him in the final. So it's a uh, yeah, amazing. The kids, those two kids, are amazing, mate. Yeah, they are absolutely amazing. I think as well. What what's what's superb is we're seeing an evolution. So like Galvao and uh, you know, Cyborg yeah, passing like- the torch. There's a new game coming through. Mikey Musumeki, all those sort of guys coming through. I think there's a. Yeah. There is, a, there is a new game coming through and a new breed of grapplers, definitely. When you see like Baby Shark and Mika together and you're like, this is like like unbelievable jiu-jitsu, but this is like, because obviously I've known about the like Andre for years and you know about like Cyborg and you know, you know, you can list off a load of people. We've known about them, but now we're seeing these people from the very, because of YouTube, we've seen these from the very start. We've seen them compete at the highest level from young. We saw the Rutulas when they were kids, when they were six years old, didn't yeah. we, and stuff like that. We, we all saw them, you know, and now it's, what, 13 years later. We've been, what, those guys who've been in it for a while, we've watched them grow up, haven't we? And we've gone, oh, are they going to be like, and they're the first ones that come through and have gone, holy shit, they were the kid, they were like the super kids and, you know what I mean, that we used to see, didn't we? And we saw them on YouTube, there's clips from flying around, everyone's like, ah. And then they were this, then they were orange belts and they were green belts, and next thing they were blue belts and they were in the world, and the next thing was, yeah. ah, I just said, you know, let's get them over. Like, you know, let's get them. And lucky enough, I got in with them early doors and they were really cool kids and we got them over. And like I said, they were 16 and blue belts. I think they've just turned, I think we had them on the November and then they, I think the birthday's sort of either the end of the year or the start of the year and they turned 17. I think Galbar gave them a purple belt. But they were fighting black belts already and winning. You yeah. know, and just, yeah, it's just madness. Only losing because they were getting bullied because they were fighting guys out of their weight category because there was no one to yeah. fight. Yeah. 
yeah? And then they didn't do gi for ages because they were like, it's pointless for us to do gi because we want to fight black belts now when they were purple belts, brown belts. Like, we want to fight, and we can't do it in the IBJF comms because you're not allowed to because in a belt, not like, you know, you've got to do so many years at, at each belt level and stuff like that. So they just said, we're going to concentrate on no gi, which is great for me because I've had them on, what, three or four times now. So I was like, yeah, yeah. coming back, you know, superb. But I think I think you'll see them in the in the air doing a bit of gi now. Well, they did do the gi worlds, didn't they? Uh, they ended up fighting each other in the final, didn't they? Yeah, the right, yeah. Belt, so it was just crazy. No clothes out there as well. It's a proper scrap. Yeah, <laughs> so like I said before, they're, yeah. Yeah, they're proper scrap boots. So, yeah, yeah, well, amazing. But I think this definitely is a change in the guard. I think, like you said, Mika and, and you know, Baby Shark and all those guys coming through and the Caden it's the talent level's ridiculous. And I think I think the USA will start pushing out some real, real good kids as well. Colabati, he was really hyped, wasn't he? He did really well in this ADCC. Didn't quite go his way, especially especially after where he was in the trails, but I'm pretty sure you'll see him bounce back as well. I think he'll be a, he'll be one of the force to be reckoned with. Well, it was, I mean, it was lots of shocks, though, to be like Craig was a bit like, Craig went, Lachlan went, they all went quite early on, and you were a bit yeah. like, oh, that, like, you know, that's this just, just goes to show the, the game now, the level, the, you know, like, plus everyone's putting everything out there. You know people's styles. You can't come in with the same old shit. You've got to mix it up a little bit. And that's no, the thing, no. the great thing about these young kids is, yeah, well, my game's going to be different. When um when uh, Cade pulled off that arm bar, and Lachlan had got to his best position really he'd gone yeah. and that, he'd gone into K guard into his 50-50 trademark K yeah. just didn't look bothered one little bit about it next thing he's coming through past the guard onto the as soon as Lachlan framed on him with his arm he normally hit the dash and there but he jumped on the arm bar didn't he instead yeah. so he's just like wow it was just the all round game is just the skill level is just phenomenal it's just you know so it's just it's like we said right at the start of the podcast, didn't we? That I think the, the difference in what these guys know now compared to you know they're showing us stuff now, aren't they? And you're like, wow, it's they're just evolving yeah. all. The time. I mean, it, and that is like people like yourself can take pride in that because you like you've given them a platform. Because realistically, mate, like would these kids be what they are if? the the platform wasn't there for them or would it still be how it was back in the day and it'd come up through a bit like Galvao did then you hear about him because he wins ADCC but because they got a platform like yourself and like you know there's other big ones as well all across the, the planet but like yours you bring these guys in you give them the platform from early on and you push it and you're like boom this is these are the guys and just, and not for people who we've we've talked about the Rotolos a lot but go back and have a look at Grapple Fest previous cards and you'll see it's like a who's who of who was on ADCC yeah. We had over 25 competitors, I think, who were ADCC. We had, had on this, yeah, you know, and it's, it's the best people, best 16 in the world, and eight in the women's divisions, isn't it? It's the best guys. Uh, the gym that I coach at now, Santiri Lilius, his gym, he, he was on there. Tough first, first, because obviously the Europeans, we don't get the best seeding, but he got a whole first round, he won it all. But, but he, you know, he, he went, you know, he went all the way with him, really, basically, he just, you know, ended up sort of uh, getting his back taken, but he's there, but he put on a great show. And I know how good stance here he is, he's fantastic, do you know what I mean? So it, it's, but it's, like you say, the, 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 the platforms now, I think it would have, would have stayed that way, because that's what people did. They went and did the IBGF comps, they won a few world titles. They won this. They're all skinned. They had no money. They did a few seminars. Then they opened a gym, and that was it, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Now they're earning money. Now they're earning money, fighting, flying around the world. They can teach seminars. I set seminars from up when they come over. Here. I say, let's part of the deal and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, Craig Jones. I did him a seminar tour and Lachlan Giles of like nearly 
20 odd seminars or something. I think created 20 odd seminars in, in three and a half weeks. I think Lackland did about 18. You know, they were literally doing them every day, earning money, sending them across. You know, they're away from they're away for three or four weeks or whatever, but they've come home with a shit, shitload of money and the stuff. You couldn't do that even five or six years ago. That just wasn't happening. So, and I, and I think also the rule sets, the different things, you know, the different way of fighting, the different, like I said, rolling in the gym, like we said at the start, start the conversation. So I think, yeah, it has a hundred percent change. I'm, I'm pretty proud to have been a part of that. Sort of thing there, yeah, I mean, look, trying to change yeah, things. As well, you as well, you should be definitely. And I think what you what it allows people to do, um, what, what people might not realize, it allows people to be rewarded for being themselves at jujitsu, not making a character up and making weird videos and being extremist and being a bad doing stuff to promote themselves. They can promote themselves by being on these these shows like yours that are promoting them and they can turn up, they can roll, do what they're best at, be entertaining and they're getting rewarded for that as opposed to having to make up this character or create something just to earn their money or draw attention, you know? 100%. It's like the Daisy Fresh guys. You know, we've got them over again. They're doing that and you don't see them in the crowd after they are the, the best of it. They're just straight. They finish the match and they're in the crowd with the crowds, talking to everyone, taking photos, doing all that. And I'm like, man, that's like... How cool is that? You know, imagine Ronaldo ain't jumping in the crowd, is he? Old Trafford. Exactly, yeah. Or, uh, taking selfies with people and then going on. And, you know, they're doing seminars and you can go and train with them. They'll roll with everybody and they're there doing the tours and things like that. He's like really good at it. The social media is fantastic, you know, and, 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 and they come over and genuinely love it and enjoy themselves. And they're like, well, how the fuck can we not love this? We're coming over to England for a week. You know, we're getting, you know, we're getting flown over. We're getting doing seminars. We're, we're getting, you know, a bit of money to fight on the show. We're getting this, you know, and I'm like. Respected when... by the promoter, respected by the crowd. Like, that's, it is a big, it is a big deal to be, to have that respect yeah. from your promoter and stuff, you know, like, that's a big deal. Yeah. Big, especially coming from, you know, as you have as well. We've dealt with the shit promoters who don't give a fuck. Like, well, you didn't sell any fucking tickets. Well, I, well, you're not going to come back if you didn't sell any tickets. Like, well, if I, I got knocked. Just... Yeah, I'm paid to fight. I need to have a fight. <laughs> exactly. And if I come out in a minute and I hit someone with a helicopter kick and knock them out in 20 seconds, you're gonna be begging me to come back on and we just have a chat about this fucking ticket deal. So having a promoter like yourself who's like literally like smiling, like, look, have you got everything you need? Yeah, go out and have fun, enjoy yourself, bosh, boom. Like that's a big thing for him to travel because it's a big deal to travel from the States to come over here to have a grappling match. Yeah. I mean a few of them, you know, especially at the start, you know, when I remember the big one we did in Graffest 2 and I had Craig Jones and Taste and Is and I was literally, you know, basically contacting him on social media and I, was, I knew Craig looking up already because I'd already uh, done some seminars with him and I, I'd trained with him and stuff so I knew him so I got him in and Mateus, I was just contacting him on sort of a Facebook and Instagram and talking to him. He didn't know me from shit. Do you know what I mean? So fair play to him. He took a risk and I was saying, listen, I can pay you this much money and I can do this and fly you over and it was a big match and it'd never been done before and at the time they were two of the best guys in the division. Ended up meeting the ADCC in 2019, the final, didn't they? Uh, yeah. But we'd already done the match before. But at the time, we were brand new. We, we did, you know, our first show. We just had all UK people on it. And then we decided to go for it and say, yeah, you know, it has worked. Let, let's do it. Um, and when we went for him, I said, he didn't know me from shit. And he took a big risk, you know, to fly over from the States and come from New York and to a guy who was saying, yeah, I'll give you this, I'll do this, and I'll get you some seminars. Could have turned up, could have been an absolute idiot, couldn't I? Could have been an absolute dickhead. Yeah, yeah. 
mess the whole thing up. So fair play to him. He took a chance on me, and well, it all and, paid and the off. chances are, the chances are, you yeah. would have been because most of the most of the <laughs> scene. Yeah, yeah, that's the scene, right? That's the fight, and people can say, "Oh, it's just grappling." It's the fight scene. Generally, it's the fight scene. Like grappling is part of the fight scene, and what you've had a lot of a lot of MMA. Uh, promotions were promoted by people who were just trying to be promoters and make a few quid. Now, once yeah. grappling starts getting bigger, back in the day, yeah, I remember. Yeah. Well, some some of them were terrible promotions in the end, weren't they? I feel like now, in the last sort of since sort of lot, there's, there's loads of grappling promotions popped up as well, trying to think piggybacking a little bit. And I've seen some of them are awful. There's a couple of really good ones. I've seen some new ones that are really nice as well. But I've seen some real low level shit, and I'm like, oh. I actually said we had the combo when me and Darren speaking. I thought, I hope it doesn't like end up like MMA, mate, where you just get all them dickheads just doing a show. Because what happens is, don't get me wrong, it, it, some of the matches I've seen that I've wanted to make, and then they've taken those matches. But then I thought, well, that's a good match. Well done. But then they've had a load of shit on, and their production's been shit, and it's been terrible. And then I'm like, see, now I'm not going to put that match on because it's already been done. And you've done it on a terrible show that would look terrible. It was you know in a sports hall, and it looked crap. I'm like, don't, you know... I can't tell anyone what to do and who to fight and what to, you know, they can do whatever they want themselves. But I'm sort of like, like I was saying before, think about your own career sometimes. Think about what you're doing and think about, you know, if you want to be watched by, by, you know, tens of thousands of people around the world on Grapple Fest on a card with a load of, you know, superstars on it on the main card, or do you want to go and do this show that no one else is going to see and you're going to get a couple of Facebook photos and maybe a little video and, you know, have a think about it still but you know we, we, we've done all this we understand it don't we and I'm like I hope the grappling scene doesn't go like I can't see it being like that but it's and then everyone died out didn't they then there was no shows in the UK hardly for MMA <laughs> was it for a few years it died completely didn't it Cage Warriors had died off all sorts looking yeah. there a good revival all those little shows all died, didn't they? Because the people realise, oh shit, this is actually pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah. it's, I mean, I see promoters now, because obviously I've got guys out on low-level shows, and I'm there, I, I'm either commentating on shows, or, because I do a lot of commentators, so I'm either commentating or I'm cornering it, a lot of shows, you know, probably three times a month, and uh, so I go to them and I see, I walk in, like, you've got no mats for people to warm up. Oh, well, the thing is, we'd have to get them from... No! The moment you decide you're going to do a show, the next thing you decide is fighter welfare. The, as soon as you've uh, got fighter welfare, it's preparation. If you can't provide match, you should not be fucking putting yourself as a promoter. I've said this a few times, and, and, I've, and I've sort of gone, listen, you should be, as a promoter, prepared to your show that you do. You spend all the money on everything like that, and you don't sell one ticket, and you can still cover that show. If you are putting your show on, you think that you're going to sell a thousand tickets and you're going to make a fortune, do all that, you're completely in the wrong game. We set it up and go, we might not sell one ticket here. It's going to cost us X amount of money. Are we going to take the risk? Right, let's do it. You know what I mean? Let's go. But most of them just think they're going to get the money off off, off the tickets. And they think, yeah. And like you said, so they haven't paid for mats, they haven't paid for this, they haven't paid for anything else. And you know, some of them don't even, you know, supply God, water or anything like in the back or anything like yeah. that. Bring your own shit. Just you know, make sure you know we we try and do as much as we can for people. But it's like you should be prepared to not sell one ticket and take the whole thing on you if it if it yeah. you know if it doesn't go right. If it's a fuck yeah. up. It's up to you. If you. Don't do that. Then you shouldn't be in the business. Yeah, people like oh, offer offer me five hundred quid to fight main event on a show. I'm like, look. This is the deal. If your show was really good and the card was really good, you could have got me for free. 
because it's not about the money. When I first started fighting, there was no fucking money. So it's not about the money. But because you're saying to me, oh, I can get anyone to fight for 350 quid, you got to go and do that then. Because I'm not going to be the only decent name on a shit card. Like, take some pride in what you're putting together. Exactly. And that's sort of, you know, what I was saying about people taking taking the wrong sort of fights. You've just completely said it right. That, that That's what people should do. They say, yeah, it's fine. Like I said, if you offer me a match, you know, on a car that was full of Craig Jones and Mateus Diniz and, you know, the root tools and all that, I wouldn't even ask it. I'd just be like, yeah, man, <laughs> get me that match. I wouldn't even say who's the opponent. I'd just be like, yeah, man, 100%. I'm in 100%. Like you said, but if you're, if they want you selling off the back of you and you're the main event, and so I'll give you 500 quid and then, oh, yeah, and he's got loads of students in the gym. He'll sell a load of tickets for me. That's not what the show you want to be on, is it? You know what I mean? No, mate, I, I commentated the show the other day and I went up to the promoter afterwards and I was like, look, what you've got here, you've got something really fucking good. Drop all the bollocks. All you've got to concentrate on is the card. Because all of this, everything you've got here is 100% work. That's brilliant. All the other shit you don't need, all you've got to concentrate on is the card. That's how easy it is now for you to do your job. Just the concentrate card, on the card. The card sells it. You know, you've got a good venue, good crowd, but the card sells it. At the end of the day, the card is what sells it. You know, yeah. people, people come to watch our show and it's full every single time because of the names on the card and they know it's going to be good fights. It's as simple as that. And yeah. especially in MMA now, mate, you've got amateurs who are as good as pros, so you can yeah. match amateurs for no money against really good amateurs, or you can give them donuts and no one wants to come and watch. But once you start building that reputation for matching really good matches, and yeah. exactly what Grapplefest done, mate. Do you know what I mean? Like, Grapplefest, you weren't in the position of, it was MMA and it sells, and it's it was grappling. Like, let's have it right. You were selling grappling. And you we knew- try to make it like an MMA venue. Yeah and stuff like that I'm trying to make you know the walkout and stuff so it wasn't just anything we tried to make it like an, like an MMA event but it was grappling and you know that, that's the vibe we went for like I said before our little thing we always say we try and make it like the darts not the snooker I don't want to pour yeah. in, I want it noisy and I want it, I want it like an MMA event and that's, that's the vibe we went for and look you know it, it pulled off and people liked it so no mate yeah, listen, you, you absolutely smashed it mate Grapple Fest is a what like one of my favorite grappling events to watch um because because of that because of all those things a because the cards always fucking pretty spectacular but also the events good the commentary's fun like everything's like what what I want to watch so you did kill it mate you absolutely smashed it and it Thank would you. be a, a privilege to be on there mate we've spoke about it before me coming on so, yeah, yeah yeah let me know because I think you got injured didn't you or something like that yeah you? I did, did mate yeah. yeah but no mate I'm ready let's get get grapple fest 13 in Africa out of win and give me a shout when you're matching the next one mate and i'm i'm 100 there grapple fest 14 is december the third mate so it's up to you if you're there, there. <laughs> i'll dye, dye the beard white for christmas and we are there mate. <laughs> let's do it man let's do it 100 <laughs> mate listen thank you very much for coming on all the best with your recovery mate i hope that you know you exceed the expectations in your back i hope you don't push it though mate but um I hope you're back soon. Um, so Instagram, social medias, where do people follow you, Grapple Fest, whatever you want them to follow, anyone you want to shout out, now's your time. Grapple Fest, Facebook, Instagram. More, we're more active on Instagram with sort of the, you know the stuff for Grapple Fest and things like that. But I do try and double post it onto Facebook. It's all on there. Uh, and mine's Chris Tomo99 on there as well. So you can hit me up on there and listen to me talk some shit and do some terrible memes. <laughs> what about your tutorials and stuff, mate? You've do you've put them out before, haven't you? So are they on YouTube or are they purchased? I've got one BJJ fanatics as well. Yeah, Chris Thompson, grappling for gringos. <laughs> <laughs> and they are awesome. I've seen a lot of them. They are really good. So, yeah. Nice. Brilliant. Awesome. Thanks, mate. Thank you, buddy.
Cheers, fella. See you in a bit. Cheers. Bye-bye.